Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We've come to be built up in the faith. We've come to receive strength, capacity, ability, God, to walk in the newness of life that you are given to us by your spirit. Grant us understanding, therefore. Grant us wisdom, grant us revelation. And cause our heart to be enlightened, Holy Spirit, by reason of your word, that our faith will stand strong on that pillar which you are communicating. And so our confession will be that, O oh Lord, which you have communicated. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. All right, I, I want to be talking to us this morning. I, I really want us to get our hearts in position in relation to what God is already given to us. It's touching his mind, his intent and purposes for us in this year and onward. Amen. I need us to come to that place. You see, I know every one of you, and, and this is the, the first thing I want you to see. Your past is gone. Your past is gone. Do you understand that? Your past is gone. You don't have to be thinking about your past. You don't have to be reflecting on your past. Your past is dead and gone. It's finished. You got a future. You got a vision. You got a goal. And you should be prepared to follow on with what God is saying and what God is showing you. Hallelujah. Because your past is dead and gone. Praise the living God. Therefore, your language should reflect where you are going. Your language should reflect the hope you have. Your language should reflect the goodness. That, now I know you, you're going to tell him, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm going through a lot of pressure. There is no problem about that. Yes, everybody got to go through pressure. As long as a human being, Job said that, say man that is born into a human being, is born into difficult situation, goes into evil. As long as you are a human being, there are going to be trials, temptation, pains, and pressure. But I want to make you understand something this morning. All of those things does not inform your confession. No matter what happened, it doesn't inform your confession. It doesn't dictate your confession. And this is very critical. Let me, let me read a scripture here. Okay, somebody be asking again, what are you talking about? We believe, so we speak. Hallelujah. What did I say? We believe, so we speak. You got to speak only what you believe. You got to speak only what you're looking for. You got to speak only what you know God has said about you. You got to speak what your vision is, what your goal is. You got to speak only what you know is positive about your life. Everything negative, you don't have to say it, no matter what happens. Why? Because most often, you possess what you say. Hallelujah. You see, if you go back to the book of Genesis and you see how everything came into existence, you'll be able to understand what I'm saying. The power of creation that came through God was simply whatever thing he said. Now, creation was all made together in the thoughts of God when he began to say, let there be, let there be, let there be. All of those were formed in his mind. There was nothing negative that was in his mind. So everything he spoke out came into existence. And guess what? We are made in the image and likeness of God. So what is that supposed to mean? 
our thoughts should be such that we have hope, we have glory ahead of us. There is something we know we can bring into creation by what we say. So we have to believe for what we're looking for and confess what we're looking for. Amen. Hebrews 6 verse number, I mean Hebrews 11 verse number 6. Hebrews 11 verse number 6. You can just take it from the Alphabet translation. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfied. For whoever will come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek Find him, if you will. Seek him or find him out. Whichever. You must necessarily come to that conclusion. That God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. He said, and it is impossible to please him without this condition. That is faith. So no matter what is going on, God is not dead. No matter what your circumstances, God is not dead. God is still alive. You've got to come to that understanding that no matter what is going on, I believe that God exists. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes I share it with somebody and I'm saying, it's not necessarily the Bible that makes you a believer. And that means shocking. Because there are a lot of people who have, even the people who believed before the Bible written, they had already believed God. There was no Bible for them. Am I correct? There was no Bible for them. What did they believe in? They believe God exists. They know God exists. Hallelujah. You understand that? It's not necessarily why it's important. I'm not you know, devaluing the Bible. Understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to make you understand that the place of conviction in your heart go beyond whatever thing. That is why sometimes I can read the Bible and say you don't have faith. You still don't believe. People read the Bible and still don't believe. That belief thing I'm talking about is for you to come to that conclusion that God exists no matter what happens. I know him. He lives. He and he exists. Praise the living God. Are you done with me? So no matter what is going on, remember this. Without faith, what is the faith? The conviction that he exists. And that's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. No matter what is going on, there's a reward for you. Hallelujah. Read this with me from the message translation. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Those two things must be there. He cares enough to respond. So no matter what happened, your prayers, he responds to them. He cares enough. You must have that belief. So where you are praying, you must pray with the conviction that God definitely will do what? Answer your prayers. He cares enough to respond. Whatever be your need, he cares enough. You must believe he exists. And because he exists, he also cares about my need, about my situation. So God is not missing. God is not dead. You must come to that conclusion. Are you there with me? Because these are the things that are going to inform your confession at the end of the day. So no matter the situation, you've come to that conclusion. Oh God, as this, I know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you something from the life of David. Psalm 116 verse number 8. Praise God. 
You see, I want you to get out of this situation. Why is my marriage this way? Why is my life this way? Why is my... No. All of those whys, if you care, take them to God. He cares to give you an answer at the appointed time. Is that okay? Praise God. But, you see, I need you to be focused this year on what? What do you want to become? What are you expecting that will come to you? How prepared are you for what is going to come to you? Oh, glory. Look at this. Psalm 116, verse number 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Can I hear an amen? You've done all this. Oh, glory. But you see, before David started writing all of this thing, he's gone through a lot of pressure. How many of you understand that? In the hands of Saul, I mean Saul, in the hands of Absalom, all manner of things bombarded this man. But guess what? He got anointed as the king, as a young man, but in the midst of that, he was going through all of this pressure. But he said, no, I know something. And this one thing I know, you always deliver me. From death, my eyes have seen tears. You set me, you wipe them up. And my feet, you made it sure that I don't fall. So shall he be with you. And verse 9. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Can I hear any amen? In the land of the dead. No matter what is going on, I am going to walk before the Lord in the land of the living. What's the next thing? I believe, therefore, have I spoken? I was greatly what afflicted. What he's saying now is the whole verse eight, verse nine, where his confession because what he believed by implication. David would have been speaking to himself. No matter what Saul is doing, I am going to be the king. No matter what Absalom is doing, my throne is still preserved. No matter what is going on, I believe, therefore I spoke. Are you there with me? So what you speak is what comes to you. What you believe is what you ought to be speaking. So if you speak it negatively, that becomes your belief. And anything you believe becomes your faith. And anything that's your faith becomes what you get. Are you still here with me? Praise the Lord. Oh, glory. I believed... Therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. And look at what he said there in the verse 11. I said in my haste, all men are what? Elias. Why is he saying that? I got to understand something through the time of the affliction or the pressure. I was thinking that I'm nobody. I was thinking that men, human beings can't be trusted. I almost come to the point of even thinking that God can't be trusted. I said all men are liars. I'm trying to say, even men can give promises just like almost as it were God, and then the promises will not come to pass. But you see, the affliction was not making thinking of confessing negatively and rubbing people down, thinking that man is not as he's supposed to be, and perhaps even God was not supposed to be. So affliction makes you make confessions that are negative. Are you following what I'm saying now? But I'm saying that's not going to be a portion this year. Hallelujah. I believe that for I spoken in that distress and afflicted situation. 
I ever believe what the promises of God to be true, no matter what is going on. I know I'm afflicted. I know I've been pursued. I know I've been robbed. I know I've been defamed. I know I've been insulted. Oh, glory. You see, I'll come to the, to the, to the, to the life of, of Job so that you understand something about that as well. And I used to say this. Why do you think the devil didn't go to the wife of Job? For any form of whatever. Remember, animals of Job were destroyed. The children were destroyed. Job was afflicted. The wife was clean. So what happened? <laughs> I mean, and the Bible tells us that Job was such a man that he still evil. Are you still following what I'm talking about? And said, the woman even had to go to the Job and say, what are you still living for? You cause God and die instead of all this. Children are gone. Animals gone. Money is gone. Look at you, sick, sickness is all over you. You think you can still hold on to God? And Job said, you speak like one of the foolish women. Uh, Job was so respectful. He didn't say you are foolish. He said you spoke like one of those foolish women. I, I don't know. He was such a respectful man. I mean, he's such a man that actually, he has too evil at all points in time. So even the wife, he wouldn't say, you, you are a very foolish human. No, no, no. Say so you're speaking like one of those foolish women. By implication, I expect you to know better. I don't know if you're getting this. But guess what? Why would, he said, the devil have no way, no need to touch the wife because he was already part of his own system. They were working together. Hallelujah. The wife of Job was like an instrument of the devil. He, he, um, you understand that? They were all in one family. He's not seeing the way Job is seeing. He doesn't understand who God is. He has believed the lie of the devil. He has believed that there's no God. Because he say you think you're serving God. Remember, he that comes to God and believes that what? He exists. But there is a woman saying, cause God and die. Could be to him, there is no God. So he's already a member of the devil congregation. That's why the devil will not touch him. Pray, touch her rather. Hallelujah. Are you following me? So don't, yeah, Dave was so distressed. But yeah, he said, I believe the promises of God to be true. No matter what is going on, I believe. Therefore, I have what? I've spoken. That God is faithful. Hallelujah. No matter the struggles in life, no matter the pressures in life, my confidence remains in who? In God. And I want you to come to that confession this year. As you step in and this year, moving onward, that your confession will remain on what God has spoken. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So David believed, therefore he spoke. Even though he had doubted when he began to say, all men are what? Liars. That means human beings can never have peace, have joy, have anything. He's come to that conclusion. But in the midst of that, I know that God can deliver me from falling, from tears, from pains, from affliction. I believe God. Therefore, I'm speaking what I believe. So what you speak is what you believe. And what you believe is what you get. Hallelujah. Amen. So he believed. And therefore, I leave here, pray to God. And God delivered him. That's the main thing. And therefore, he wrongly accused mankind instead of facing God, instead of staying on with God, he wrongly accused everybody and said, every man is what? He's a liar. But that's not true. Because if you say every man is a liar, that means you yourself are a liar. Because you're a man. Am I right? 
Yeah, in the course of trying to say, oh, every man is a liar. You're equally saying that you are what? You are a liar because you are a man. Now, what will lead them to say all of that? Affliction. Praise God. So I said in my head, every man is a liar. You see that? In other words, you can become so despaired about life that you begin to make confessions that are not congruent with the life that God is giving to you. Affliction makes you make confessions that are negative about life, about who God is, as a matter of fact. This is something you're going to avoid. Praise the living God. That no matter how afflicted you are, no matter the level of despair you are facing, don't you ever lose sight of that fact that God exists. And that is a reward of those that do what? Diligently seek him. And that you speak what you believe. And that what you believe is what you get at the end of the day. Praise the living God. Psalm 27, verse 13. Oh, glory. Psalm 27, 13. Look at it. I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to this. I had fainted, or I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that I'm going to see the goodness of God where? In the land of the living. I would have fainted. So you believe the anchor in times of distress, in times of difficulties, in times of pain. What you believe is what matters. I will have fainted. I will have literally died, if need be, until I have come to believe that I am going to live by reason of God in the land of the living. What's your confession? Oh, the way things are, I'm not too sure of tomorrow. Oh, the way things are, Pastor, if only you understand. I'm not going to understand with you in that regard. I'm not just going to understand with you. So don't just call me. I understand, but I'm not understanding with you. My understanding for you is you are going to live in the land of the living. You are not dying. The affliction is not going to swallow you up. There is life within you. Hallelujah. I have fainted unless I believe to see the goodness, remember, to see the goodness, my implication, no matter what is going on now, I'm seeing the goodness of God coming my way. I'm seeing prosperity coming my way. I'm seeing victory coming my way. I'm seeing healing coming my way. You've got to believe something and say what you believe. You see what he's saying there? I will have fainted if I hadn't believed to see. I believe that I'm going to see the goodness of the of the Lord where in the land of the living by implication Saul will not kill me Absalom will not kill me Ahitophel will not prophesy anything against me that will swallow me up I have come to believe that I'm going to live and I'm seeing life in my life in my kingdom in the land of the living not when I'm dead nothing is going to kill me you got to believe something what you believe is what you get and so verse 14 says, 
Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Can I hear an amen? And he shall strengthen the heart. Wait, I say, on who? On the Lord. Don't be in haste to make negative confessions. Wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. By implication, trouble are going to come. Situations are going to come. But be of good courage. You know what? God spoke to Joshua. He said, him to the promised land. And he said, to divide the land among the people. And he said, hey, Joshua, get this right. My servant Moses' word is dead. But I said, be courageous. Don't be discouraged. At any point in time, watch the whole of chapter 1. He keep on telling him, be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. That means you need courage to go through life. Hallelujah. You need courage at any point in time. And David is saying here, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Not just courage, it's going to be a good one. Hallelujah. What are the situations in your life? Be of good courage. What are the troubles you are facing right now? Be of good courage. You are going to get a victory. You are got into the, your own promised land. It's ahead of you. Amen? Praise the living God. Are you following this? So, I will have fainted. Except I have come to believe that I am going to come to the place of living in the land where people are. Nothing is going to come my life short. No, I will not. I believe. Therefore, I speak. What you believe is what you speak. And what you speak is what you get. I keep on emphasizing. Hallelujah. Men are dying. It doesn't mean you have to die. Men are fainting doesn't mean you have to faint. Oh, things are not working. No, that doesn't mean things will not work for you. All of us were not born the same day. Hallelujah. Go through the calendar. We're not born the same day. We're not of the same. I mean, whatever it is. You are unique to your own life. So that in the midst of where things look like things are not working, things can still work for you. Just be courageous and declare what you want. In this your next season of life, starting from this hour, whatever thing you want, that is what you must confess. Call it forth, declare it. The more you start confessing it, the more you are calling it forth. Hallelujah. The more you are bringing it closer to you. The more you keep coming personal to you. What you confess regularly becomes personal to you. You can even be dreaming about it because you are confessing it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Go with me to Job 19, verse 26. Whew, I love Job. And though after my skin once destroyed this body, Yet in my flesh shall I see God. I don't care. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I really don't care about this source right now. I really don't care that my children are gone, business are gone. It doesn't really matter the, the level of the sickness. Medically, they said nothing can happen. But I know, no matter what is going on, no, no, no. I am not going to die. I am going to see God in this flesh. That's how to speak. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but what about if Job have to die? 
What do you mean to be flesh anyway? You, you can also think about that. Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bones, me, my children, my family, my wife, my relationship. You understand that? So even if I can't make it, my relationship will get to the goodness of the Lord. His faith was strong. Hallelujah. Nothing was going to discourage him. Sickness was not going to discourage him. Money was not going to discourage him. He stayed with God. He believed God to the end. And guess what? We're made to understand the end of Job was better than the very beginning. He saw God even in that condition. There is nothing you are passing through now that is so difficult that you cannot overcome if you believe God. Your future is so bright that your now should not make you make negative confession about your future. See ahead of what you are passing through. Know that on the other side there's a great glory. And so we are told Jesus for the glory that was said before him he endured the cross. Hallelujah. You are going somewhere people. I'm saying God is prepared something great and glorious for you. You got to walk towards it with the eyes of vision and faith to know that my tomorrow is better than today. Hallelujah. Every failure now amounts to nothing. Every disappointment now amounts to nothing. There is something too great ahead of you that you have not even seen yet. I'm going to make you see that. Hallelujah. And so Job said, no, I careless. No matter what is going on, this sickness amounts to nothing. I'm going to leave out the days of God that are given to me on the face of the earth. Man, listen to me. If God has ordained that you're going to live 90 years, going to live 80 years, no matter what you're passing through now, you're still going to live your 80 years. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You see, let me give you a simple illustration here. When I had an accident a few years ago, my waist everywhere was gone from Ibadan to Lagos. I was admitted in loot. And the first doctor that saw me said, they are going to amputate this leg. Because the pelvic is gone, whatever. He was giving several descriptions. Sinuva fluid is poured out. It cannot be put together. So much language was coming up. I was in the hospital. And I told the doctor, I said, no, that is not possible. He said, why did you say that? I said, because the bones of Jesus were not broken. So none of my bone is going to get missing. They are all intact. My legs is intact. Nothing should happen to it. He said, well, if you have the faith, let's believe with you. I said, sure, I do have the faith. He decided to bring a traction to put on the leg. And he was saying... You're going to be here for how many weeks? I don't know. And I told him, no, I can't stay here for up to three weeks. He said, why do you have that kind of faith? I said, because I know the bones of Jesus were not broken. So I'm going to get out of this place. Three weeks I stayed in Lutz. And I said, I want to go. They said, you can't go now. I said, I want to go. They said, okay, if you must go, sign that you said you want to go. I said, give me the document to sign. They gave me the document and I signed it. That I need to be discharged. And they discharged me. They said, okay, for you to go, take crushes. I went to crushes. I got back home, driven from Lagos to the village, and I was there. And one day, my dad came 
with one uh, native preparation for bones that they want to use on the lake. It came with fowl. And the magic of that thing is when you break the leg of the fowl and you're rubbing the, something on it, the fowl leg will be up. But the day the fowl steps on the floor, your bones are healed. And I brought the fowl and then I spoke to my wife and said, you see that chicken there? Says, yes. Go mix stew with it. And then the man stew with it and they brought rice. And my dad said, why did you get money to buy fowl? I said, it's a chicken you brought. He said, so you don't need it? I said, I don't need it. So the next day, he told my, my mom, let's go. The boy doesn't need what we came for. The fowl is already gone and we have eaten the fowl. So they left. My mother-in-law came again and he said, there is something, you don't need anything, whatever. Just put it on the leg and it's going to be okay. Initially, I said, I don't need this. Anymore. Pressure, I said, okay, bring it. I took that stuff, put it on the leg. What happened? The next morning, the leg began to expand. The leg began to expand. And then I just took that in and dumped it in the big toilet. And after that, in the night, I had a voice. Literally, one man walked into the room very tall. The, the head was like touching the ceiling. It was completely all white. And he picked my leg. I was seeing him like this. Picked the same leg and hit it on the bed three times. I said, listen, God can heal this leg. Do you hear me? I said, yes, I heard you. And that was it. He turned and he walked back. That's my wife. Open the door. I mean, did you lock that gate? Say yes. Did you show you lock the door? Say yes. Somebody just walked in now. And I began to describe. They checked the door again. Everywhere was locked. And I knew that this was the Lord. So what's the next thing? That was when I took it and put in the toilet. I went for three days fasting. Just three days, I threw away the crushes. I'm strong, even as I am now. You can never believe that I had an accident of that level any day, if I never told you. But the faith, what gave me all of that courage, one word, the bones of Jesus were not broken on the cross. That's all. And I stayed with that. And God came through for me. He saw my faith. He began to come and relate to me. He began to speak to me. He began to instruct me on what to do. Listen. You are not going to die. No matter the level of sickness you are passing through. No matter the level of poverty that is hitting you on the face now. You are not ending this way. What you believe is what you speak. What you speak is what you get. Praise the living God. After this, my skin won't destroy. Yet, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Nothing is going to happen. Everybody can desert me. Men can reject me. Wife can ask me to cause God. No matter what is going on, in this very body, I am going to see God. No matter the situation, to see God is not just seeing literal God. You see the miracles of God. You see the hand of God. You see the goodness of God coming towards you. You see the prosperity of God coming towards your life. In this flesh, I am going to see God. Praise the living God. I need you to get this. So, Job he saw God at the end, like I said before. What is it? The end of Job was better than the former. 
He got double everything that the devil similarly took from him. And I'm enough you understand. I was sharing with a brother since two days ago. He contacted me from Facebook. We've been talking. How many of you understand that the devil never had any power over Job? You understand that? It was God that said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I have no business. I'm just walking to and fro on the earth. Oh, you don't have any assignments here. But have you considered my son, Job? Uh, what am I going to do with him? You already fence him. You have all the glory. No, you can take this property, but don't touch his life. Who gave the instruction? It was God. It was not the devil. That's why you don't have to have any fear of the devil at any point in time. If God doesn't permit the devil, he can do nothing to you. Absolutely nothing. He doesn't have that power. We overemphasize and blow up that which is called Satan. No! That person is just a deceiver. He's a pretender. In fact, he doesn't have any power for anything. He can create, therefore he can destroy. He doesn't have it. God how to allow it or else it can't happen. Are you there with me? Praise God. Go with me to all the life of Apostle Paul while I try to pick up here. Second Corinthians 4 verse number 8. Second Corinthians 4 verse number 8. Praise God. Paul said we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despaired. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. I'm reading Second Corinthians. What did I say? Hallelujah. Are you there with me? We are troubled on every side. There is a man of God. I mean, if you understand who Paul was. Yet not distressed. That's something I want you to get. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Oh, praise God. Are you see there? We are perplexed. Now, maybe we'll take it from a simpler translation. Take any translation you want. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Look about the verse 8. As it is written. Not much chance of that. You know for yourself that we are not much to look at. We are being surrounded and battered by troubles. But we are not demoralized. Hallelujah. We are not sure what to do. We are in despair. We are not convinced what to do yet. But we are not demoralized. That's our morale is still strong. Our hope is still strong. But we are troubled on every side. You haven't seen anything that will make you lose faith in God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Look at the next verse. And he said, But we know that God knows what to do. 
We've been spiritually terrorized that God hasn't left our side. Can I hear an amen? We've been thrown down, but we haven't been broken. No matter what is going on. You're so strong. Remember, we have spoken because we do what? We believe. So no matter the trouble you're going to be passing through or you have passed through, it has nothing to do with your life and your future. You are not broken. You're still standing strong. No matter what you face, you are not broken. You see, standing strong. You have faith in God. Look at what he said. We know, first of all, he said, we don't even know what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. That's all. Your faith is in God. For he that comes to the Lord will believe that he is, and it's a reward of them that diligently trust him and seek him. Even if you don't know what to do, God knows what to do. Praise the living God. No matter what the situation is, hang on to God. Have your vision right. Make your right confessions about what you want. No matter how bad situation will be. Praise the living God. When Paul said we're in despair, the word despair actually means to be utterly at loss. That is despondent to be despaired. Now, now let me show you something again. Second Corinthians chapter 4, go to verse 17. Look at this. For a light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. Praise God. Our light affliction. All of those things you call trouble, the Bible refers to them as what? Light affliction. That cannot be compared to an eternal weight of glory that's ahead of you. That's why your confession should be talking about the glory. Your confession should be talking about the light, like I was doing all this morning. Time for you to arise, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And that glory is going to be bringing such things that are needed. That the forces of the Gentiles will come unto you. That you come to the place where your gate is more short continually, day and night, for resources to come in, for men to come in. Man, your light affliction cannot be compared to the glory that God has for you. There is something God has made available. There's something God has prepared. There's a way he has opened for you. The light affliction at this hour can't be compared to that glory that is coming. What are you seeing, friends? What are you seeing ahead of you? What is ahead of you? The light affliction can't be compared. Hallelujah. Take it from the Amplified Translation. I just love this translation here. Ooh, verse 17. For a light momentarily affliction this light distress of the passing hour. Glory. Light distress of the passing hour. That means whatever thing you are passing through now is a light distress and it's a passing moment. It's momentarily. It's not permanent. Your affliction is not permanent. Your poverty is not permanent. Your sickness is not permanent. It's a passing phase in your life. 
Therefore, your confession should not be bothered on a passing moment. You should be thinking about the glory. You should be thinking about the weight of glory that's ahead of you. You are getting there. I say you are getting there. If you can see it, you will possess it. You are getting there. Hallelujah. And he said, it's ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculation, a vast and tremendous glory and blessedness ever, never to do what? To cease. The glory that is permanent, the joy that is permanent, your laughter is permanent. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Everything that seems to be a state of distress now is completely temporary. Hallelujah. Look at verse 18. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporary, brief and fleeting. But the things that are invisible are deathless and what? Everlasting. Hallelujah. Whatever thing you're saying now is temporary. No money is temporary. You are sick is temporary. Your child haven't come yet is temporary. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? Man, there is something too heavy for you to consider. It's ahead of you. Everything you are seeing now is temporal. That is what you can see is temporal. What you cannot see is eternal. That is, you can only see what you cannot see by the eyes of faith. So you, you don't consider your situation now to make confession. That is why we spoke because we do what? We believe. We believe in the eternal weight of glory, not the temporary situation. I am telling you something. My financial position right now is temporary. I am expecting a greater weight of finances. It is going to come my way. You got to believe what you confess and stay with what you want. Hallelujah. So what is permanent in your life? Absolutely nothing except what God has promised. And God has said, this is a glorious year for you. God has said, your light has come. God has said, it's time for you to arise from the place of despondency, from the state of disappointment. Go to Isaiah chapter 60 again, verse number 1. Go back there. Hallelujah. Is anybody with me this morning? You need to understand this. This temporary thing is not what you consider, people. This fleeting moment is not what you consider. There is something heavy, there is something tremendously heavy that you have not seen and you are walking into it. You got to get there with the eyes of faith. You got to keep on confessing it. You got to keep on saying it. Just like Job would say, even if one eat up this body, yet in this leg shall I see God. Hallelujah. Arise. No, no, no. Amplify is fine. That's what I want. Isaiah 60, verse number one. Arrive from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Arise! Hallelujah. Circumstances kept you. It is a place of sorrow. It is a place of mourning. But time for you to do what? Arise! 
after that state of depression, that state of prostration. No, no, your business is not moving. It's about time it's going to move. Hallelujah. The door is open. Your business is going to move. Hallelujah. I'm speaking the word of prophecy over your business this morning. Your business is going to move again. Glory to God. Your business is going to move again. He said, arise. No depression. No depression. No prostration. Something heavy is about coming your way. This is the promise of God. We speak because we do what we believe. Hallelujah. Right from the depression or prostration, it was circumstances. <laughs> so what is keeping you in sorrow is circumstance. And guess what? The circumstance is a fleeting moment. The depression you are in because of circumstance is a fleeting moment. There's a greater glory ahead of you. And he said, arise. Rise to a new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has done what? Risen upon your life. Why considering the fleeting moment? Why considering the circumstance? Why considering the pains? Why magnifying the pains you seem to be passing through? They are fleeting moments. It's going to disappear in a moment. Anything that is moment is disappearing. It's not permanent. Whatever do you call your failure today, it's not permanent. Whatever do you call disappointment, it's not permanent. Whatever you see in form of sickness, it's not permanent. They are all temporary. Everything that is temporary, you can walk over it. You can walk out of it. You can move out of it. You can step into something that is more permanent. And that's the glory of the Lord that's risen upon you. By reason of this glory, you are rising out of your depression. You are rising out of your failure. You are rising out of your sickness. And power is coming back to your body. Hallelujah. Are we still here? So what am I trying to say? As I end up with you, what is your circumstance that you are considering? The word say it is what temporal. Are you done with me? Are you under affliction? It is temporal. Have you just been disappointed by somebody? It is temporal. The agony you seem to be passing through is temporal. That depression because of circumstance. It's temporary. That means you are going to get healed out of the spirit of depression. You're coming back to life. There's an energy coming into your life right now that's going to take you out of the realm of depression. That energy is raising you up to a new life, a new life of joy, a new life of glory, a new life of excitement, a new life of hope, a new life of clear vision. Hallelujah! You are rising again from the realm of depression into the realm of a new life. A life of joy and glory. A life of victory. A life of success. A life of abundance. Everything you've passed through before is temporary. It's not permanent. I am saying there is a break with your old life into a new life right now. Hallelujah. Can you please stand up? God has come to visit somebody. He's come to visit somebody. Right now. The Lord has come to visit somebody. This is no time for sorrow. This is a time for joy. 
This is no time for pains. This is time for rejoicing. This is no time for regretting. This is time for thinking of the goodness of the Lord. This is no time to remain in the place of depression and despondency. No, no, no. This is time to jump. For God has come to visit his people and his light is risen upon you. That light has brought a glory to your life. And you are moving from glory to glory. For excitement to excitement is a weight of glory, an excellent weight, a power that no enemy can touch, a glory that no devil can affect, a glory that no spirit can affect. You stop it into a new life that no power can destroy. Therefore, we believe and so we speak. Now begin to speak about what you're looking for. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org. God bless you.